Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. How's everybody doing so far? You guys having a good start to the year? Okay, start. You know, it's kind of one of those things where, like, all the newness has worn off of the new year, right? Like, everybody got real excited, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm starting a diet. Anybody here start a diet in the new year? Great. How many of you guys already broke the diet at least once? It's all right. I'd have both hands up. Yep. We're all honest here at Coastline. Uh, some of us were like, man, we're going to the gym every day, and that lasted for three days, and, uh, and then we were like, man, I, I wish I would have just said I watch TV every day for the rest of the year. Um, you know, the newness of the year has kind of started to wear off, um, but, but the truth of it is, is we're still in the beginning of this next season of our lives, and this year, as we're, we're believing this to be a season of breakthrough, of uh, breaking through the strongholds, the things that have held us back the last year, the things that have kept us from being able to grow to where God, we believe God has called us to as a church, as, as families, as individuals, as we break through these, these bad habits we've accumulated or these, these thought processes that are wrong, as we break through this season, we realize that, that one of the things that we're going to do is as, as we look into this next year, we're going to look back and see what Jesus has said, what Jesus has done, and, and figure out how do we live life a better way. Because the truth of it is, you know, we go into the year thinking, it's a new year, it's a new me. But the truth is, it's, it's the same you. There's nothing that changed between December 31st and, and January 1st for you. But what we do have an opportunity is to live life a better way. And so we started the series just a few weeks ago called A Better Way, New Year, Same You. Uh, and, and last week we talked about the importance of adding uh, things like fasting and prayer to our lives, things that, that we normally wouldn't do, things that, that maybe the world doesn't really understand a whole lot about. We're, we added this to our lives. And so uh, actually today marks uh, the end of the first week of 21 days of prayer and fasting that our church has been going through. Uh, if you've been doing it with us, man, keep, I want to I challenge you to keep going. Stay strong. I know it's one of those things, it's, it probably feels like it's going to get harder before it gets better. Uh, I know even in Erica and I's life, like uh, this past week, I'm going to be real transparent, I think we probably argued more in this past week than we did the entire month of December. Uh, there's something about being, being hangry and doing life. It's, it's, it's kind of tough. But also at the same time, in that discomfort, we've been able to grow closer with one another. And we're continuing to grow closer with God as we pursue him. And so uh, I want to challenge you to continue on this uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you broke the fast, it's not one of those things where, ah, it's over, it's done, I already messed up. It's all right, jump back on it and, and stay with us. Um, but as we go through these next 21 days, as we start this season out, as we're believing for breakthroughs, uh, last week we talked about prayer and fasting. This week I want to talk about uh, the importance of humility and serving. I think when it comes to life, I feel, feel like for this year we've got an opportunity to live life a better way, and I think that humility and serving is one of the things that will help us to do that. And so I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump into it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us. God, I thank you for New Smyrna Beach High School where we get to uh, do church week in and week out. I thank you for uh, the crew, uh, the people that volunteer every weekend to, to set up this place and tear it down and, 
and allow us to do church. I thank you for the, the ladies and, and gentlemen that are over in the kids' ministry right now that are, that are serving our kids and loving our kids and teaching them about you. God, I thank you for all that you, you do for us to be able to do this. I thank you that in this year, God, that you've got a way planned out for us to experience a breakthrough and for what's next as Coastline Church. And I pray that this morning as we, as we look into your word, as we see what, what your son has got to say to us and, and for us, I pray that we would be challenged to leave here today living a different way than what we did coming in. That, that we would realize that, that we're the same person, but you've given us the opportunity to live life a better way as we follow him. So show us what that means. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Does anyone have feel, felt a little stressed out in the beginning of the season yet? Anybody a little, it's like one of those things like, you know, I, uh, I know Shelly said we got out of busy season as like a church, uh, but then when we sat down as, as a staff this past week and we planned out the next like six to seven months, we realized it just gets busier and busier and busier, right? For some of us that like help run businesses or manage, you, you realize like January is like, okay, well now I got to get like, I got to get 1099s out, right? I got to do, I got to do reports. Uh, some of you guys that work in like in accounting and stuff like that, you're like, it's not, it's, it's continued busy season, right? We're getting, getting everything go, 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 go. We got to get plans for the year. Our bosses are requiring things out of us. It's one of those things where it's, it's, it's still pretty stressful on just as a, as an occupational life. But not only that, it still gets a little stressful like family life, right? Because because we got to pull all the Christmas tree decorations down, right? How many of you guys still have a Christmas tree up? It's all right. You can do it. say it proud if you are. Two people, good job. It's okay. It's okay. That was my life. I'm going to tell you right now. It would have still been up if Erica said, hey, like, we got we to gotta do something. And so uh, this past week, Erica took the Christmas tree down, put it in boxes. I put the boxes away. That was stressful. And even as, even as, as we, we thought we were finishing up this, this season of stress and, and worry and, and go, 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 I realize as one day we're cooking dinner in the past couple weeks that, that as we're preparing dinner and as the kids are running around, as the phone is ringing off the hook, as, as, we're, as, as, as it comes, comes to the point where things are so overwhelmingly stressful, they get to the point it's like, man, does this ever let up? Does this, does this, ever, this ever change? And so as I was studying this past week, I, I came across a story in the, in the book of Luke, and we're going to be looking today specifically in this book, right around the chapter uh, of 11. We're going to go forward and backward just a little bit, just one or two chapters. Uh, but if you've got a Bible, you can pull it out. Um, but specifically, I feel like when it comes to our lives and how we're living them now, as we go into this next season, I feel like God wants to allow for, for a breakthrough to happen in our lives. He wants to change our perspective just a little bit. He wants to adjust the way that we think about things, the way that we do things. He wants to, to shift our mindset just a little bit out of what we've been in for these past couple years into something different. And I, I saw this through a story specifically in the book of Luke uh, from a lady named Martha. Some of you guys already know this story, but I want to read it. Uh, the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. It says this. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. This is uh, after the beginning of Jesus' uh, ministry. Uh, he's already preached this famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He's going throughout uh, his part of the world, and he's doing miracles. He's loving on people. He's teaching people a different way, uh, a, a better way to do life than what has been lived before. It says that as he's 
on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village, we would know later on it would be Bethany, uh, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now I want to stop there real quick because a couple things I think get addressed here. One of them is, uh, or one major thing gets addressed here is when it came to, to people that were teachers and leaders in those days, when you, got, when you got asked to come to a home, it was one of those things that you were very selective in how you did it. It was one of those things where you would have, you would have been very selective. You would have wanted to have the successful people invite you to endure, into their home or the people that had influence or had leadership. It was one of those things that, that it, would look, it would have looked good for you and it would have looked good for them for you to connect with one another. But in those days, when it, when it came to this coming over for dinner, when it's coming into my home and me hosting you, it was not one of those things that was talked about very widely that it would have happened from a woman's point of view. Because in those days, it wasn't recorded. It, it was recorded men for men, and it, they would come to his house or their house. But you would never hear of, of a teacher of the law or someone uh, of Jesus' stature coming to a woman's house. And so, one, the way that Jesus is, is, is teaching this is, is he's trying to adjust the mindset a little bit. He's coming to Martha's house. He's saying, hey, this is, when, when it comes to being a follower of Christ, when it comes to, to understanding what he says is important, humility is a lot greater than what the world would say leadership would be. What, as we look in life and we think of the, the rich and the famous and this is who we want to become, Jesus says, no, that's not, that's, not what I, that's not what I value. What I value is humility. And so he goes to this house of Martha it says that Martha welcomed into her home. It says her sister Mary, so Mary and Martha, we'd also find out later on that they have a brother named Lazarus. It says her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted. She was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. She came to him and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work, tell her to come and help me. I can't help but uh, kind of connect with Martha in this point of view, especially in the past couple weeks that I've experienced. As life continues to come at me, as, as life is stressful and trying to get all these things done, as we're putting Christmas tree decorations aside and, and going through all these, these planning things, it's, it feels like there's so much, so much, so much. And as we get overwhelmed, we're just like, man, I just wish there was someone here that would come help me. I just wish I didn't have to do this all on, all on my own. So Martha, she gets frustrated at her sister Mary because she said, you're sitting here and you're not, even, you're not even helping in all the things that have got to get done. All these important things that we got to prepare for, that we got to get ready for what's going to come. You're not helping me at all. So she goes to Jesus. She said, hey, this is, this is just simply unfair. Jesus, rather than correcting Mary for sitting there doing nothing, adjusts Martha's mindset just a little bit. In verse 41, it says, but the Lord said to her, said, my dear Martha. He didn't, he didn't say this out of like judgment. He didn't say this out of like correction. He would have said this in a, in a loving way. He would have said this with, with grace. It would have been something that would have probably been easy for Martha to hopefully hear. 
said, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. But there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. He uses this, this time in which she's stressed out and, and, and to her breaking point to adjust her mindset, to say what you are worried about and what you're concerned about and the thing that you're stressed out about might not be what your priority should be. And I think sometimes in life we, we forget about how we should prioritize things things. When it comes to being a follower of Christ, part of what we say is we're going to follow you. That means we're going to, Jesus, we're going to let you lead us. It means what we, what you think is important should take precedent or should take, take, take more of a value than what we think is important. We get wrapped up in the stresses of life and the worries of our job and what's going on with our family and our health situation, our finances, that we get stuck in this thing of like, there's so much to do. We lose track of that it's not always about us. It's not always about what we think is important. I think when it becomes, when it's come to being a, a follower of Christ, one of the things that we, we've got to learn and understand in our own selves is that, that the Western way of thinking of like, it's all about me and it's what I want and what makes me happy, the things that I need, that, that mindset might not be the way that Jesus thinks. That might not be the way, that's not the way that, that Jesus taught. At some point, what Jesus valued more than a lot of other things was us having humility and us submitting to, Jesus, what do you want for me? What do you want in my life in this situation? As you worry about that job and, and what you're going to do in the planning service, maybe, maybe it's the first step needs to be, Jesus, what do you want me to do in this job? Jesus, do you even want me in this job? Maybe in this relationship that you're trying to put together and you're trying to figure out the next step of the next three to five years with our lives together, maybe, maybe you need to stop worrying and stressing about that and thinking, like, I don't know how I'm going to make this happen. And you need to be thinking, Jesus, whatever you want to happen in this situation, that's what, I'm gonna, that, that's what I want to happen. Jesus, you lead the way. Rather than stressing and worrying and trying to put it all together, maybe we need to take a shift from being like Martha and we need to be like Mary and just sit at the feet of Jesus and say, I'm sorry. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. I'm going to humble myself and say, it's not about me. It's about you. I want less of me and I want more of you. The story of, uh, of Mary and Martha is in the back end of the book of Luke, or the back end of uh, chapter 11 in the book of Luke. But as I was reading through the, the, the chapters uh, before and after this past week, and I realized that there was a, a theme to what Jesus taught and talked about. After he's, he's talking with Mary and, and Martha, and after he tells Martha, he says, you need to have this adjustment. You need to change your perspective and the way you're thinking. You need to think less about what you think needs to happen and more of connecting with me. He goes on to teach his disciples about prayer. And even in the beginning of his teaching for prayer, he, 
he continues to echo out the same sentiments of humility above self-love and self-worth. In Luke chapter 10, verse 25, he, uh, this is actually before, um, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hold on, stop. Luke chapter 11, verse 2 to 4. Thanks whoever following me on the scriptures. I appreciate you. After he, after he gets done talking with Mary and Martha, he, he's teaching his disciples, and they come to him and say, teach us how to pray. And this is what he says. He says, this is how you should pray. He said, Father, may your name be kept holy. Now, I want to stop there. Holy, and that meant, meant perfect, meant without wrong, meaning no, no, knowing er, uh, the, that their way was the best way. Because no one in the world, no one who had lived had ever been holy. But he says when we address God, we, we address him as God the Father. He is holy. He's perfect. That means he knows what's best. He knows what's better. He knows the better way we should live. Father, may your name be kept holy. And the second, scripture, the second verse says, it says, may your kingdom come soon. And then it goes into asking of give us the day, the food that we need, and forgive us our sins, and forgive those who sin against us. And don't yield, don't let us yield to temptation. Before it gets into anything that, that, that we need, Jesus says, we understand who we're talking to. And we submit to say, God, whatever you want to happen, let your kingdom come. We live in your kingdom in this situation. I think a better way of living than what we have been living or than, than, than what maybe what our Western culture says that we live is is maybe we need to take a, step, take a step back and say, it's not all just about me. But as a follower of Christ, I'm going to say, God, it's a, Jesus, it's about you. What do you want to happen in my life? What do you want to happen in this situation? Earlier on, before he meets with Mary and Martha, he gets stopped by a Pharisee, and a guy asks him, he's like, what is... What, what's, he's trying to trick him. He says, what is the most important law or commandment? What's the thing that is above everything else? And what the man's hoping to do is that he'll cause this, like, theological debate with Jesus and be able to, like, stump him on something. He's hoping to use his knowledge to, like, to, 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 to mind wrestle Jesus into to, to messing up or whatever. But Jesus has got his number. The man says, what's the most important law, most important commandment? says this in Luke chapter 10 verse 25 it says the most important commandment it says one day an expert of the religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question teacher what should I do to inherit the eternal life Jesus replied what does the law of Moses say how do you read it the man answered he says you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength and all of your mind even in that that statement right that the foundation of the law. To love with all, it's, it's, it's a step of humility. It's not, it's not saying some of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's all. We're saying, Jesus, you have all of it. And he goes on, he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. So it says, love God and love people. Love our neighbor. And so it's this, when it comes to, to our priorities and how we should live, when it comes to us living a life of humility, 
the foundation of, of what we believe and what Jesus says that we're, how we're supposed to live is that we're supposed to first love God with everything. And it's equal to that where we're supposed to show love to our neighbor. And this is, this is within a page of this conversation that, that Jesus is having with Mary and Martha. The man tries to come back and he says, well, you know, who's, who's my neighbor? Who am I supposed to, to love like this? Jesus replied with a story. In Luke chapter 10, verse 30, it says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, and they beat him up, and they left him half dead beside the road. Verse 31, it says, by chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed by him. A priest, this was someone who would have understand, understood the law. This is someone who would have been very well educated, very well to do. This is someone that would have been, uh, would have been so, uh, quote, unquote, clean. He says that he passed by him on the other side of the road, someone that was in need. Verse 32 says, a temple assistant walked over and, and looked at the man lying there. But he also passed on the other side. I feel like when Jesus, what Jesus is trying to communicate here is when it comes to the priest, you know, for some of us as followers of Christ, we, we might know the right thing to do. We might, we might know what's right and wrong. But sometimes doing it might take a little more work than what we want to put in. See, a priest, to help out somebody that had been beaten and along the side of the road would have meant that they would have gone to, through the process of, of being unclean for touching them, for touching the blood, for, for helping someone up out of the dirt. Not only would they have they had, had to help, but they would have also had to go on through a process later on to become clean again. So because of the effort that was have been put forth to serving and loving the other person, the priest leaves. The temple assistant, I, we, we don't know if it was something where he was, he was busy. Maybe he had things to do. Maybe he was in a, in a time crunch. He didn't want to give up his time. But he walks to the, the other side of the road and just passes by, refused to, to love, show any type of love to the person lying on the road. And when Jesus communicates this, this isn't someone that, that would have been a foreigner or someone they wouldn't. This would have been one of their own people, one of their actual physical neighbors. Luke chapter 10, verse 33, it says, then a, then a despised Samaritan, this was someone that was not of the same culture or mindset of the Jewish people. This was someone that would have not gotten along uh, or, or not agreed to Jewish customs. It says a despised Samaritan came along, and we saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put a ma the man on his own donkey, and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. 
The next day, he, he, headed, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. And the Jesus responds, he says, now which of these three, between the priest, the temple assistant, and the Samaritan, which, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who attacked him? Or a neighbor to the man that was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said this, yes, now go and do the same. This is the story that's told right before Luke talks about Jesus' interaction with Mary and Martha. We see this theme that Jesus values humility over many other things. Even, even when you think of who Jesus was and how he came to this earth, he was the son of a carpenter, son of someone who worked with their hands. He wasn't the son of a king. He wasn't the son of the, the mayor or the leader or, or, or of a high priest. He was of humble descent. Jesus uses this time with a woman to, to continue to teach about the importance of, of humility. And as he's, he's talking with Martha, he's trying to adjust her mindset to say, hey, the things that maybe you think are important, maybe they need to, to come down a couple rungs. And maybe what's of most important that's going to help you through anything and everything that's going to help you experience breakthrough in your life is not so much dealing with the stress and the worries and the frustrations that you have, but, but humbling yourself and just spending time with me and just figuring out what, what I think you should be doing next. As he sits there and he says, Mary has figured it out. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus and just listening and gleaning and, and trying to understand what the future holds for her. The story of Mary and Martha doesn't stop there. We would find out that, that actually Jesus would create this fantastic bond with this family of Mary and Martha, Martha and Lazarus. He would, visit, he would visit them many times in Bethany. And as he communicates the importance of humility to her and, and understanding what should be, the priorities be as he as he teaches the disciples beforehand the importance of of loving your neighbor and the importance of of, of serving the people around you again as a sign as, as another sign of humility we'd read on later on that as Jesus continues throughout the land as he's preaching he's teaching and he's doing miracles Mary and Martha would actually reach out to him in desperation. They would write and talk about how their brother Lazarus had, had gotten sick and was deathly ill. But they knew that Jesus was doing miracles throughout the countryside and they knew they needed him to show up to, to heal him. So they, they wrote him and, and begged and asked and said, will you come? And as Jesus makes his way towards Bethany to to meet them, he, he gets there just too late. 
It says in the book of John, verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 20, it says, when, when Martha finally got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And I think, I think if she had stopped there, the story we would know about what happens next might have been a little different. But she responds with this in verse 22. She says, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. She says this thing in, in submission and humility of, of saying, I understand who you are. I understand that you are the son of God and that what you want or what you can do is far greater than what has happened already or what I think has already happened. Somewhere along the way, after thinking, I've got to, I've got to get things done. I've got to worry and stress about the details of my life and, and making all this happen. There was a shift in Martha's mentality where she went from go, 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 get, 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 worry, 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 stress, 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 to I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to understand who Jesus truly is and what he can do. And even if it's what, what he can do and does is different than what I want, I'm still going to pursue what he wants. And so in a, in a time of humility, she steps back and says, but even now I know that God's will, or that God will give you whatever you ask. She submits herself to Jesus and says, whatever you want to happen, that's, that's what will happen. And Jesus told her, he said, your brother will rise again. And we would read in the Bible later on that as Jesus walks towards the tomb where Lazarus is, as he's been in there for, for four days, as, as everyone who knows the situation, knows what happened, knows that it's over and dead and gone with, he says, roll away the tomb. And some people hesitate. They say, the guy's been dead for four days. There's going to be a horrific smell. There's no way that any, you, you can't fix this, Jesus. He says, roll away the tomb. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And it says, at the, at the time he said it, Lazarus got up out of his tomb and walked and was healed and came back to life. I can't think of a breakthrough more in life than something like that, where something that looks like is dead and gone and over with, coming back to life. And it starts by Martha saying, Jesus, whatever you want to happen, that's what's going to happen. And so I, I don't know what your Lazarus is. I don't know what the thing is that you're praying for, or break, trying to ask for a breakthrough in for this next season. It might be something that looks like it's already dead and gone. I, I want to tell you, just as a, as a 38-year-old man and lives in Volusia County that's not eloquent and not super smart, just as, just as a real guy speaking to some other real people, I want to tell you, 
There's nothing that you can do about it. There's nothing that you can change. You can worry, you can stress, you can work. But a better way is to humble yourself and say, Jesus, whatever you want to happen. And, and it's, not, it's, it's not easy to say that or do that, but to say, a better way is, Jesus, I'm going to humble myself and say, whatever you want to happen, let it happen. I'm going to love you with all, with everything. And even, even when it's uncomfortable to do, even when it might take, take some work, even when it might take some time, I'm going to love on the people that you put in my path. I'm going to serve the people around me. I'm going to put them first. I'm going to put you first. I think a better way for us to live life is to humble ourselves. Say less of me, more of him. And to say, I'm going to serve the people that Jesus loves. And so that's what I want to challenge you with. Today I thought I was talking about humility and serving. But I think submission to whatever he wants and serving those that he loves is what's important. And so whatever your Lazarus is, whatever your breakthrough is, I, I want to partner with you and believe with you that this is a season of breakthrough in your life. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I want to see happen. I want to tell you the best way to experience that, though, is going to be to surrender, to humble yourself, and to serve the people that God loves. I, th I think that's a better way to live, far better than worrying and stressing about it. And that's what my hope is for you. And so today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here and you've got a Lazarus-type situation, there's something you're, you're, you're praying for and hoping to experience breakthrough in. There's a situation that seems like it's dead and gone and you need it to come back. You need it to be adjusted. I want to challenge you today before praying that, that God would fix it the way that you would want it. That you would humble yourself and pray, God, whatever you want to happen. Jesus, the way that you want it to happen. That's what I want to happen. And so if you're here today and you've got one of those situations, you need to release it to him. You need to surrender it to him. I just want you just where you're sitting right now. As a sign of surrender, I want you to take your hands. I want you to ball them up in a fist. And if you want to surrender them to him, if you want to hum humble yourself and say, Jesus, I'm choosing you first, I just want you to loosen your hands up, palms to the sky as a symbol of releasing it to him. Jesus, you know all the, deal, the things that we're dealing with, all the stresses of life that we have. You know what we're struggling with. You know the areas of breakthrough that we need. Jesus, we believe that you have the power and ability to do it. We've seen it time and time again. We've read it in your word. And so this morning, we're not coming to you begging that you would make it work out the way we would want to work it out. We come to you and say, we're going to put all the stresses and worries aside and we're going to sit at your feet and we surrender ourselves and we humbly say, you have your way. We're releasing this to you and we thank you for the breakthrough that's going to come. Have your way above all else. In Jesus' name we pray.
As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.